0: Welcome to the Hope New Podcast, a podcast for parents of children impacted by disabilities, where we believe there's beauty in the journey and purpose in the pain. Your hosts are Jonathan and Sarah McGuire. Hey, Sarah.
1: Hey, Jonathan. We've had the opportunity to meet with quite a few parents over the years since starting Hope Anew. New.
0: Yes, we have.
1: Have you seen any similarities between the parents?
0: Hmm. I'd have to say that one common theme I've seen is that so many of them are exhausted.
1: Yes, that is so true. In fact, that's one I can very well relate to. I remember when we were in the hardest part of our journey with Jordan's health. We were living in Texas. He was so sick and in so much pain that he would only sleep 15 to 20 minutes at a time. And if you put that together, it would total about two to four hours per day. So that's all I was sleeping to. In fact, some of those times, I didn't sleep. I spent them researching for answers and options in order to help him. And after 18 months of that, my body just quit. I had pushed and pushed until it would not be pushed anymore. And I had a physical and emotional breakdown. The breakdown was physical, but it included emotional because my body had been so stressed for so long, I actually had crazy levels low levels of necessary hormones. My doctor actually said I had none. I don't know if that was literal or if she was exaggerating for effect, but this was not a simple get some sleep tonight and you'll feel better in the morning kind of a fix. The road to recovery was very long and multifaceted. I am a type A person that is always pushing and always has to be doing. So this stage of my life and the breakdown helped me see the importance of not just pushing and being a caregiver and meeting everyone else's need, but also to meet my own need for rest and restoration. That's why I am so excited about our conversation and interview today with Brenda Jank. Brenda equips people to create a biblical culture of work, rest, and rhythm for those that they lead, love, and serve. As the mom of five children, four of them with special needs, her heart is with those of us who know the joys and the challenges. Brenda is the founder of Run Hard, Rest Well, I just love that name, it says it so perfectly, and speaks from coast to coast. She and her husband Tim live in Northeast Indiana, the same little corner of Northeast Indiana where Jonathan and I live. And Tim has been the executive director of a Christian camp here for 27 years. You can learn more about Run Hard, Rest Well at runhardrestwell.org. Also, later this month, she is doing a three-hour online seminar to expand on the four core concepts that we touch on today. The information for that, you will be able to find in the show notes, so check back for that. So, without
2: further ado, here is our conversation with Brenda. Hey,
0: Brenda, welcome to the Hope A New Podcast podcast.
2: Hey. Hi, Jonathan. Hi, Sarah. It is so good to be here today.
0: It is so good to have you here. I've been looking forward to this conversation. Me too. Would (laughs) you please take a moment to introduce yourself? I mean, I know you. Sarah knows you. We love you. love what you do, but uh, we'd love for our audience to get to know you and your family as well.
2: All right. Um, 28 years ago, I married a great guy by the name of Tim, and we were working at two churches in the Chicago area. We were only there a few years and we ended up in Northeast Indiana and in starting in 1994, um, in a span of six and a half years, God gave us five of the finest, feistiest kids he ever <laughs> assembled under one roof. I do believe, um, our crew is growing mm. and grown. They are now, um, between the ages of 19 and 26. Mm. We have four boys and one daughter. And I believe there is going to be a special place in heaven of moms of four boys. And it's going to be a couch. It's going to be a couch. Um.
1: I think it'll have vibrating and massage and
2: heat as yes.
1: well. Oh, oh, Sarah, that sounds good.
2: <laughs> Three of our five miracles came home through the miracle of adoption. And we have two children through birth. And four of our five actually have special needs. Mm. And together as a family, we've been um, working at a Christian camp for the, the last 26 years and feel so blessed that God has called us to this place.
1: Well, that's amazing. And I look forward to hearing more about your journey. And yeah, as you know, we have two boys, no girls. So mm-hmm. I love the boy-mom <laughs> no. journey. I kind of relish the boy-mom journey. So anyway, so often organizations, especially nonprofits, are born out of an area that the founder is passionate about. So is this the case for Run Hard, Rest Well? And if so, how did this become a passion of yours?
2: The idea of of running hard and resting well became a passion in my 20s when God really pursued me as a type A person and said, (laughs) Brenda, I have a better way for you to live. And um, it came through the hard road of wrestling with a mystery illness that really laid me low and uh, God won the wrestling match and I have never quite been the same. Mm-hmm. And he knew that I needed to start exploring um, rhythms of rest, rest by his design, because um, he knew before we knew that um, although Tim and I knew that we wanted to adopt special needs kids before we even got married, he knew that, that our hands would end up being more full than we ever realized. Mm. In the course of our lifetime, we said yes to a child with sickle cell anemia, and we said yes to a child with mild cerebral palsy. But in our incredible crew of miracles, um, they really have quite a diagnostic lineup of special needs. And so with each of our kids, we have traveled the journey of coming to understand sickle cell anemia and a stroke disorder, um, Asperger's, fetal alcohol, spina bifida, hydrocephalus, uh, and severe attachment disorder. Mm. And so in that makeup, God knew um, that I needed to know how to refill my empty bucket. Yes. Um, as you guys know, every single day with our kids, they often need more but they also give us more than the rest of the world ever know with their special needs, with their high needs. And so God um, set into motion, bucking bucket filling practices um, Mm -hmm. that have truly been life giving to me. Family is the first place um, where we are loved and family is the first place where we are wounded. Mm -hmm. And when, mom and dad are running around constantly with empty buckets because they are pouring out their best into the lives of these precious kiddos that they love. If our buckets remain perpetually empty, it is so easy to move into reactive behaviors where we end up wounding our kids. Mm. You know, and that's a given for all parents because we live this side of heaven and sin is real. But as I've learned to refill my bucket... We are so much more prepared. And so it's in that arena that Run Hard, Rest Well was born. My life was truly transformed. And, you know, like in the journey of our life with our kids, we spent more than 300 nights in the hospital, wow. usually at hospitals that are three hours from home. And The real truth, even though we would be in ICU and seven-week stays and in over our head, for me personally, almost any day at the hospital was easier than life with our five back home Mm. with the daily challenges of behaviors and mental health crisis and medical crisis and all the special needs. And so... God did his transforming work. It it was a work of grace beyond that, that he alone really receives the glory. But in all that, recognize that there was something to share, that that the church has given us so many good things. It it teaches us how to love and serve and forgive, but it has not done a good job of teaching us to rest. Mm -hmm. And so... That's our passion. That's our joy is exploring, helping people understand what we call restorative wellness. Um, It's kind of bucket theory 101. We can't give what we don't have. Mm -hmm. And it it, it comes from Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall lack nothing. And that includes time and energy. Mm. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He lied He leads me beside quiet waters. He restores my soul. So, in a nutshell, that's run hard, rest well, and how it got started.
0: Wow, wow, that's so so important. I love. I just love everything about it. Um, it seems like so often, as you said, the church uh, we we neglect the resting part, and we just keep pushing and pushing and pushing until we're in that state of being enough force forced rest. um whether it might be a health issue or something like that that tells us, sorry, you can't go on anymore like you're like the way you've been pushing, so to be able to proactively focus mm-hmm. on that that's so so needed um yeah. In your website, which we'll link to in our show notes, and there's some great tools, great resources on there, so I'd encourage our listeners to go there. But on the website, you list four biblical foundations for running hard and resting well. Uh, Can you tell us more about those?
2: I sure can. We've come to understand that there really are four areas that God loves to refill our buckets. And he loves to refill it um, physically, relationally, spiritually, and emotionally. And we've come to recognize that all of those four basic needs for rest in our life really meet up with four rhythms that he designed. Um, And the first two rhythms that meet these deep needs for rest uh, really were showcased in the story of creation. Um, The first one is Sabbath. And Sabbath relationally reconnects us. Um, We've kind of come up with definitions And so Sabbath is a guilt-free time set apart to reconnect with God and the people and the priorities we hold most It is a carefree freedom to pray and play unhindered and unhurried. So Sabbath, we are passionate about reintroducing people to a guilt-free, carefree Sabbath rest and what that looks like for families. The second one that we're really passionate about is sleep. From the get-go, God created us as people who need sleep. God is infinite as people, we are finite. And so sleep uh, physically rejuvenates us. And science uh, helps come alongside us and remind us that it is critical that we get a minimum of seven to nine hours of sleep every night. Seven really is the magic number. Every night that we don't get seven hours of restorative sleep, the next day, our body's going to pump out 50% more stress hormones mm-hmm. trying to compensate and it sets us up. And so we, we actually sleep coach people um, from all around the world mm-hmm. and uh, we're passionate about that. The third rhythm um, and the fourth rhythm, we really see, we see through, we, we see all four of these rhythms throughout scripture, but Jesus definitely highlights uh, the last two rhythms, the, the rhythm of stillness. Um, be still and know that I'm God, and the rhythm of solitude, um, also known for us as personal retreat. And so we define stillness as planned and unplanned. Stillness is a purposeful pause in the presence of God that cultivates joy, gratitude, and a sense of purpose.
1: Hmm.
2: And solitude is time off the beaten path, free demands, free of distractions, to meet with God, it is also an invitation to step away from the fray, because minutes matter, hours make a difference, and a day away delivers.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: So those are the four rhythms that we we help people explore. What does this look like in a culture that is not familiar with rest, with lives that are stretched thin and calendars that are packed? And... In the course, we've been a nonprofit for about four years. And we have had that incredible opportunity of serving 10,000 people and 165 organizations and ministries and churches who are passionate about bringing this message to the people who love and uh, lead and serve.
1: Yeah. And as you go through those four, I just find my my soul my body whatever it is just like craving that just as you speak those i'm just like oh you know like <laughs> that <laughs> restoration and that rest and that <laughs> that white space in life <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs>
2: Sleep. What is that? What is
0: that? I want to go to one of your sleep seminars, get some coaching on that.
2: Yes. Okay. All right. We will sign you guys up. Perfect. (laughs) Sounds good. We need that. No.
1: So yeah, I, I wish we had time to delve into each of them. Each of them is so rich and I find the busier I get in life the harder it is for me to take those pauses just because I'm so used to doing, doing, doing that I almost don't know how to stop. Right. And, right. and that takes practice and that takes work and that takes discipline to action. Mm-hmm. It's kind of mm-hmm. weird to say it takes work to rest. It but does. It does. It does. <laughs> it does. So, and like, as you said, you know, you're a mom of kids with special needs and... Um, I'm a mama special needs and that alone creates yeah. a very full plate yet you yeah. also are a business leader and your spouse is in ministry and so any one of those things can make it difficult to find a rhythm of rest so how do you currently find rest and how do you prioritize it?
2: Mm, boy, beautiful, powerful questions you guys are you guys are pros <laughs> at this I love it, I love it. I love it. Um, by, um, by a work of God, I have come to, to truly live what I teach. Um, it has been a constant wrestling match, um, but it really is in my DNA. My, the first rhythm that was really established in my life, I was introduced in my early 20s. It really, it, I was hit upside the head that in the fourth commandment, that making God's top 10 was a command to rest mm. and that I grew up believing that to rest well meant to go to a worship service with your family, go home and eat pot roast. <laughs> and if you did that, you were good to go. Rest um, <laughs> was not in our equation as a family. My my dad was very much a person and um, he did have a rule. We had a family rule that we couldn't mow our lawn on Sunday because the noise of the lawnmower might disturb other people's rest. Um, he was not concerned about uh, disturbing our rest. Um, he usually had plenty for us to do on Saturday <laughs> and Sunday. <laughs> God bless his soul. He, he taught me a lot, but rest was not one thing my dad, dad taught me. Mm. Anyway, so I was confronted that God really had a plan for Sabbath. And so I became the most faithful, miserable Sabbath keeper that the world has ever known. I was a single woman. I lived to work. I love to work. And so for me, working at a church, my Sabbath day was on a Monday or Tuesday. Mm -hmm. Um, Run Hard, Rest Well is not, we, 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 we are passionate about the idea of rhythm that God designed our bodies to need a a predictable, prioritized day of rest, whatever day that might be. And so I was this faithful, miserable Sabbath keeper who my Sabbath was so emotionally messy. But during that time, at the church where I was working, it became a staff mandate that we were to begin taking personal retreat days.
1: Mm.
2: One personal full day of retreat on church time once a month for six months. And then we were going to reevaluate it. And that experience that getting away from all the demands, all the distractions, I actually tasted rest on that that personal mm. retreat day for the first time that I never was able to taste at home in my apartment. And so of these four rhythms, the rhythm that really had the biggest impact on my life first was personal retreat. And boy, as a mom of special needs kids, personal retreat does not have to be a full day. It's amazing what God can do with, with an hour. And I have been so thoroughly blessed by my husband, Tim, and by some very close, Who hold me to that and who make it possible because I can't just leave my kids. Um, I have to have a caregiver that comes in and is with my children. Where many parents at this age who have all young adult children are able to do that, that's still not a part of my equation. And so it has required um, being vulnerable with others and choosing not to be a martyr that I'm gonna do it all, all the time. And creating plans, being intentional, a lot of it does involve my husband. And I know that some spouses are in a situation where they have a very supportive spouse and some don't have that support as much. But when our kids were little and the demands were constant, I knew every Sunday afternoon that I would have an hour, two hours where we would tag team. And I knew that I had one to two hours every week completely by myself, that I could step out of the house and breathe. Mm -hmm. And that became a lifeline. So personal retreat is still very passionate. I I plan for four personal retreats in my life, kind of one for every season. And they often involve trying to be outside, um, usually except for the winter, unless it is an ideally beautiful uh, day (laughs) with not a lot of wind. But I also do a lot of what I I call reactive retreats. When I recognize that the red flags in my life, that I am growing more impatient, more irritable, more moody, that I'm becoming more bitter and not becoming better in this journey of life, then I go, okay, this week, in the next couple of days, I need to get away. And what I just want to stress with everyone is the power of an hour. Uh the power of an, that a personal retreat does not have to be a full day or a, a, a half a day, even just stepping away for an hour. Sometimes it's in my car. Um <laughs> Sometimes we live out in the country. And so sometimes my place is Dairy Queen. It's it, it. I get very creative to where my, where my hour of when I go, Oh, I am not in a good place. And, um, and doing something restorative. And for me, that often means going face-to-face with God, with my journal, um, with my Bible. But there are times with my, what my power hour needs to be is time with a friend. Sometimes I need to be alone, and sometimes I need a friend. And so Run Hard, Rest Well is passionate about helping people really become very self-aware of what's going on in our hearts, and to attend to it, to um, not be ashamed by it, uh, but to to recognize that, that allows us to say yes to restorative things that are going to fill up our buckets. Mm-hmm. So that was... So, so personal retreat, I'm very passionate about that. And once I tasted rest on personal retreat, I was able to bring that as a single woman back into my Sabbath day. I finally tasted mm-hmm. what rest felt like. And so then... At home, and, and it still took. It took years. Um, I am a. I am really a type A. It was, but but over time of what does a day, and and now I cannot. I yeah. It it truly is a day that stands out. Um, that is a gift. Stillness. The idea of, of quiet time or power time with God really started in my life as early as, as 12, when I was 12 and 13. But through the years, and run hard, rest, well, have really come to recognize um, the power of be still and know that I am not. And so we help people explore stillness. What does that mean? And how do I get there when my mind is racing and my my heart is overwhelmed? But the final frontier for me, and that's one reason why I'm so passionate about sleep, Really has been sleep. I have only been getting truly restorative sleep for like the last six or seven years. Mm. And, and so I spent years um, downing Benadryl. I took, I took years on uh, prescription medications like Ambien. And anyway, on our website, on our resources we, page, we have a whole bunch of free resources and one is on sleep. And so I share my sleep story and, and um, a lot of this stuff is a little, it's uh, very simple, very strategic, but stuff that isn't often, I help people think outside the box. So anyway, those four rhythms are what keep me going.
0: Wow. Yeah. Yeah. That's, I, I so can, critical. Yeah. So So important. Um, as you're listening, there's so many of the areas where you find rest, you know, being in nature and Dairy Queen, all these things, especially Dairy Queen, um, I can really, I can really personally relate to, um, does resting well look different for different personality types, you know, um, and does it look different during different seasons of life?
2: It really does. The bottom line for all people, no matter what our personality type is or what the season of our life is, is adopting predictable, prioritized practices that allow us to reduce the stress hormone cortisol in our body. Mm -hmm. as, As parents of special needs kids, cortisol is flying through our body. There are so many stressors physically, emotionally, relationally, spiritually, and as cortisol rises. It does so much damage to our ability to um, stabilize our mood, to having the resilience to stay um, present and healthy in relationships. And physically, cortisol just impacts our ability to sleep. It impacts our immune system, all of that stuff. And so how we reduce cortisol, though, is absolutely different. Uh, For people who are extroverted, who get their energy from other people, it means that we need to be very focused on connecting with other people in ways that are life-giving to us. For people who are introverts, we need to recognize that we get our energy by stepping away and regrouping alone. One thing we, we really highlight for people is there's no right way or wrong way to rest. We need to identify the things that truly refresh us uniquely. For some of us, it's cooking. We might absolutely love to cook. If you love to cook, when you have your set aside time on your Sabbath day or personal retreat day, up a storm. For some of us, it might be a 5K run. For some of us, it might be a hammock and a good book, a long nap. There's no right way or wrong way. We need to personally identify what is truly refreshing. And I have had people burst out in tears when I've asked, what refreshes you? And they said, I haven't thought about that for years. It's, it's not even on my radar. I don't even know what refreshes me anymore because I live in a combat zone yeah. of um, yeah maneuvering. And so it's, it, it, we need to take the time to explore it. And we've got some resources in books and some videos and on the website to help people re-identify um, what is truly refreshing and restorative.
1: Yeah. And that resonates so much with me. I don't want to take too much time because I want to learn from you, but quick little story from my life. I remember in college and stuff, and I'd always had a room to myself growing up, but then I went to college and had five roommates. And I remember there being times where I would skip dinner, walk up the side of the mountain and just sit and read my Bible and have time away and time alone and quiet time. But then I got Mm -hmm. to the place when I was married and had a child with special needs and it was an hour to get to nature to drive out of the Metroplex area. And I I didn't have that possibility. I couldn't just go away for a half hour or hour and get Mm. restoration. And I ended up Mm. in a counselor's office. And well, the only reason I went, I didn't think it would be that helpful, but I'm like, it's an hour away. (laughs) 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 Right. But she asked me that question, and she asked me what restores me, and I had no idea. And mm-hmm. and I couldn't think at that time. I mean, I was going on, you know, two to four hours of sleep if you put the 15-minute segments together. And, <laughs> you know, and this had been over a year, year and a half. And, mm-hmm. and she asked me that, and it wasn't until I came back the next time, and she's like, well, what do you do when you're really really overwhelmed or really and I was like well I step into the laundry room and just close the door for a minute like while my kid's eating and strapped into a chair like I know he's safe and I just step aside into the laundry room for 30 seconds take a few deep breaths and come back into the fray and she's like so yeah. it's being alone and I was
2: like oh light bulb you know like yeah yes 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 Sarah, thank you. We need to hear each other's stories because it does create light bulb moments for other people to go, oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So at the time
1: of this recording, um, we're in the middle of the coronavirus pandemic and under stay-at-home orders. So many of us are finding ourselves at home with our families much more than normal And some Mm -hmm. of us are also finding ourselves at home with our families much more than normal and without the supports we normally have. So there's kind of a double dynamic, at least, going on there. Mm -hmm. And this seems like an excellent time to begin establishing with rhythms of rest, maybe because both parents are home and you can have time to tag team a little more than normal. Or maybe because it's so desperately needed during this time. Um, yeah. So before we return to normal life and get all of that going again, what tips would you give our moms and dads who are listening for establishing these rhythms during this unusual time?
2: Mm, I, um, I don't go on Facebook very much, um, but I was at one point this week. And I laughed out loud when there was a, a post and the opening words were, don't waste a perfectly good pandemic. <laughs> yes. Very good. <laughs> and so, <laughs> Renhard Rustwell really is trying to gear up and, and be that, that voice. So the first thing that, that really crosses my mind is we did share those four rhythms, sleep. Sabbath, a day set apart that's different, that's all about praying and playing in a guilt-free, carefree, unhurried manner. Um, The idea of personal retreat, of stepping away, of that tag team, stepping outside, whether it's short or a little longer. Um, And then that idea of sleep, of how do I, I, with with less, um, more ability to maybe take some power naps, um, to get to bed earlier, um, how do we do that? And so step number one is just identifying which of those stirs your heart the most right now. And, and another way to ask that is which arena is your bucket most empty? Are you physically depleted? And the top thing to explore is sleep. So, so identify one of those areas. And um, for this next week, Go. I'm going to explore it, and I'm gonna. I'm gonna try some new avenues in that way. I believe another way to look at this is, um, is this social distancing and time of isolation is really a great time to connect. It's a time to um, connect with God, connect with um, the people we're closest to, and in the process, learning to like the people we love and connecting with ourselves of really doing some inventory and and taking the time to journal being intentional sabbath might be uh, for for families a way to to shake things up one day a week whether it's sunday whether it's saturday whether it's tuesday depending on parents who might be working outside the house set that side a day and start creating some incredibly fun traditions mm-hmm. As a family, we often make um, pancakes and we've discovered recently something called, I think it's called Kodiak pancakes, which actually have a lot of protein Mm -hmm. in them. And so we we start our day with pancakes. Um, We often um, also have candles on our Sabbath day. And um, there's just a, a beauty of that, especially in the, we're moving out of winter now, but in winter when it is darker, it kind of lights up to eat by candlelight. But mm. as a family, it was always a hit. We couldn't pull out candles without pulling out mini marshmallows and toothpicks. <laughs> 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 That's great. And we we ro- It's so simple. It's cost-free. We focus in on simple and low-cost, mm. no-cost family fun. And so we roast marshmallows over candles. And if we really have our act together, maybe we'll grab some golden gram cereal and some uh, chocolate or some, uh, what are they called? I'm blanking like chocolate chips, um, uh, chocolate chips, <laughs> chocolate chips. <laughs> and we make little s'mores with the golden graham cereal and the chocolate. That is so much fun. I love so it. it. It's things like that. Um, there was a time when the kids were little. And as I was really exploring this idea of a family fun on a Sabbath day, our, all of our kids have fun in unique ways, but I would go. Okay, guys, we're doing this. And in our household, um, it often created more chaos than um, family bonding. And so we soon learned that we would invite the kids to some of these. We didn't. We didn't make it mandatory. And and because when we're trying to all do it together, we found out the kids were calling it FFF, forced family fun. Mm-hmm. And my crew doesn't think forced family fun is fun. I know some families that forced family fun is the highlight of their life, that, that they are able to do it in a way that's really restorative. So simple, fun things. Maybe it's painting the wind, you know, getting getting out some paint and painting a window. Maybe it's outside in chalk. It's flying a kite, taking a walk, getting outside, I hate to cook. So we don't cook on Sunday. There's no pot roast at our house. Um, there's there's leftovers. There's um, scrambled eggs. On um, some days in the evening, we might declare, oh, we're having junk food Sunday. Mm. And so for, for a meal, we will pull out ice cream and popcorn. And I figure the kids are getting a dairy and a whole grain. <laughs> <laughs> We're good to go. My kids would anyway. love that.
1: I've been so focused yeah. on nutrition for Jordan's neurology yeah. and everything else that like junk food. Like, what is yeah. that? That, yes. Oh my yes. goodness. So that would be a creative free Creative junk food.
2: Yeah. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and right now through this coronavirus, as a family, we've posted up on our refrigerator. Um, we ca- we're calling it Five Alive to Thrive five, alive to thrive. And it's five things we're trying to keep in front of our, ourselves and challenge each other every day, that every day we want to practice kindness to each other and to people in our neighborhood. Every day we want to create connection, uh, time to call grandma, time to call Aunt Rebecca, time to write a letter um, to this person. Number three, we want to cultivate quiet you know, it is a storm. It's a storm economically. It's a storm we're grieving. There's many losses for some. For some families, this is a time of great joy. And for some families, the stress level is through the roof. And so I love the, the picture of the idea of a hurricane. And the outer track of the hurricane, the winds are the strongest. But as you get toward the middle, the eye of the storm, it's quiet. So how do we cultivate quiet where our eyes can stay on Jesus And I love this story of Peter and the storm that went through the wind and through the waves that as Peter kept his eyes on Jesus, he was able to, to water walk, walk on that water, walk through those waves. And so cultivating quiet so that we can keep our eyes on Jesus and finally get outside every day. So practice kindness, create connection, cultivate quiet, be creative. Oh, maybe I missed that one. Be creative. Do something fun. I'm afraid of art. I, I, hmm. I, I'm, I don't have a crafty bone in my body, but my daughter loves to watercolor. And so we've been watercoloring, and that has been really fun. And get outside. So that's our five alive to thrive.
0: I love that. That's so good. Yeah, I yeah. think I think I I feel like I need to make a poster with that on there to to
1: remember. I that. was thinking the same thing. We're gonna have to do something <laughs> like that.
0: That's great. Often, as I talk with parents, it's not uncommon for me to hear about their children having high stress levels, high anxiety levels, uh, struggling with panic attacks, and things like that. And yeah, the children just have so many. I'm saying,
1: and that I, was before the pandemic.
0: Yeah, that was before the pandemic. And when I say children, right. both young and old children, they have just this extreme pressure on them from school, from sports. And now, um, you know, figuring out what's going to happen after with graduation or school year and all these different things going on or not going on. Uh, how can we as parents help our children establish a rhythm of rest?
2: Um, I love the phrase more is caught than taught Mm. as parents. Um, we have to model the way. Um, and we have to start talking about our journey of what's working in our life when it comes to getting enough sleep, to not getting enough sleep, to the idea of exploring Sabbath. Man, in my whole life, I've never really taken a Sabbath rest. I'm going to start exploring that. And, and so making that personal commitment of recognizing that our children, the children of, of this generation it, who have never known life without internet, um, without insane levels of scheduling and calendars of less resilience, less grit mm. that God has designed ways to refill our bucket so that we have all that we need. Number one, but number two, more than that, that we have an abundance to share with others. Run hard rest Well, is, is passionate about the race we run. We are all running a race. Um, We are raising our kids to come to know Jesus and to make him known. We are called, um, some of us have occupations outside the home. We're called to excellence, but the only way we are going to reach full potential is to plug in, plug into a power source that is beyond our own. And we will see the mystery and the miracle of God uh, filling and refilling and providing an energy and a creativity to tackle the challenges before us. And we need to equip our kids with that by modeling it, by speaking of it. I think the most, imp- two of the most important things for kids, for parents, is to get kids outside as much as possible. <laughs> it is healing. It is restorative. Make that a part of your Sabbath that as a family, as often as possible, whether it's as simple as a walk or visiting a park, um, flying a kite, um, yeah. prioritizing I, I... sleep. So many. <laughs> yes. mm-hmm. Are you familiar with that too, Sarah? So many yeah. kids are not in. A sleep.
1: Yes, so much. And I find with my kids when they, you know, they finally finish their school day, and then they want to sit and have screen time, and unless I kick them out the door, sometimes. I'll be like, no, Mm -hmm. you're going outside to play. And if I get any like pushback, I'm like, just take 20 minutes. It's usually a couple, two, three hours before I see them again. Like once they (laughs) get outside, they don't want to come back in. But sometimes it takes a little extra motivation and push from mom to get them to do that.
2: To get them that, that, yes, yes. To create those routines. We just do, this is what we do (laughs) once a day. This is what we do once a week. We get outside, yeah, yeah. Critical sleep of of just yeah. Prioritizing sleep for children, making yeah. So many, way too many kids and parents bring screens into bedrooms. Screens have to be absolutely barred from um, bedrooms if at all possible. Um, it, for kids, it, it is a. It, it, we have um, spots where everyone's phones uh, get plugged in. And we are one of those terrible families that our kids really didn't get phones until they drove um, and needed them. (laughs) And so, and our kids survived um, that. uh, Granted, they're now 19 to 26 and even, you know, life is changing by the year nowadays. But yeah, strategic stops for
1: Yeah. And I'll say like, we've had very strict screen time guidelines for our kids and at night. Now we let them have them because they let, they love listening to Adventures in Odyssey as they go to sleep and at bedtime. So we've allowed (laughs) them to do that. However, we've now also Mm -hmm. gotten apps that we can put on there that we can see and we can shut it off to where everything Uh just shuts down if they're Uh, staying up too late.
2: Awesome. Awesome.
1: Parents need to know that that that's out there and that's available. So Mm -hmm. I love that they listen to audiobooks, but at Mm -hmm. some time it still
2: needs to shut down. Shut down. Shut down. Yeah. I love it. Thanks. I just learned something new. Thank you.
1: (laughs) (laughs) So what would you say to the mom or dad right now who's feeling overwhelmed, has a limited support system and is just trying to get through the next moment? And the idea of rest just seems laughable. I remember being in that place and I know I've talked to many parents, especially single parents who are in that place and you talk and have a conversation about how important resting and restoration is. And they just look at you with a deer in the headlights, like, (laughs) like that's an impossibility. How is that even possible? And yet I know I've walked that path and have driven myself into a ground where I had a physical breakdown and, and I want to save as many other parents from that as possible, because you don't just bounce back from that. That takes a while.
2: No, no. My, I've, I've got um, three things that really rise up in my heart. Number one, that idea that minutes make a difference Mm. Um, that we serve a God of, of miracles and And what he can do in a matter of minutes. There is uh, tons of research. The power of being outside for five minutes. Mm, Yes. Set the timer. Sit. And in that moment, lay everything aside. Watch the clouds, the blue sky. Feel the wind on your face. Watch a bug. Listen for the birds. You don't have to be out in the country, just even the blue sky, um, the little bit of sun that you might see if you are in a downtown urban setting, get outside. Science tells us that if you have access to grass, if you can take off your socks and shoes and put your feet in grass, that 30% more healing restorative hormones will be released in your body. Wow. (laughs) Yeah. So five minutes outside. Um, Sarah, I love that you share your laundry room. Yes, step into the laundry room. (laughs) Oh, truly, truly. Um, And in those deep breaths, there's something called restorative breathing. Mm -hmm. And so to do a restorative breath, we know that taking slow, deep breaths is good. And that is very good. But we can even up the game. If we exhale, we empty our, our lungs of all air, we take a slow, deep breath in and you hold your breath for three to five seconds. And then you slowly exhale that pattern of breathing. If you can do those, if you can do three, get three in, if you can do it for a minute, um, that extra healing restorative hormones will actually be released in your body. So practicing restorative breathing, taking, if you have access to 10 minutes and can take a 10 minute power walk outside Movement of our body also releases healing restorative hormones that that dampen the impact of all those stress hormones that are flying through our body. Science also reminds us that 10 to 20 minute power naps are powerful. You don't even have to sleep during that time to, to set that timer for 10, 10 minutes or 20 minutes and lay down will really help reboot it midday when there's that biological slump and you're really, really having a hard time. And um, finally, in some of my most um, difficult days, I would ask the Lord for a song for the day. Mm -hmm. And sometimes it would be a song for the season. Mm -hmm. And sometimes when there wasn't even enough for a song, um, a one sentence prayer um, the one that got me through many, many rough times was, "I will trust you. I will trust you, even though everything is falling apart. There is nothing left. Yeah, I will trust you." And I would just, I would just go. What's that one? It's a Bible verse, a song, a prayer to just in those to go back to that. Say it out loud. Write it. Um, anyway, those yeah. are.
1: All those totally resonate with me and are so doable. Yeah. For the parents who are totally overwhelmed and don't have a support system and can't get away there, that's a, that's a whole basket full of tools that, that are so useful. And, and like you said, even though it's just minutes, it can have a huge impact on our mental, emotional, physical health.
0: As we close, I want to ask, I'll close with this final question. We say in the beginning of this podcast that there's beauty in the journey and purpose in the pain. How have you seen this to be true in your journey?
2: Jonathan and Sarah, um, what rise up most in my heart is that beautiful phrase. Our oldest son, Joshua, is 26. Joshua was born with sickle cell anemia. He had a stroke when he was five. He's had 400 blood transfusions. Wow. When he was... 18, he became a medical mystery that was heartbreaking at every turn, no answers. Um, the doctors would look at me and go, um, your, his, your son is fine. Stop worrying and go home. And um, 10 long months later, he ended up finding out that Josh had a rare liver condition called hepatopulmonary syndrome. And uh, when we found out that he had that, the doctor predicted that he would have no more than two years to live. Three months after that diagnosis, um, in that three months, everything that could possibly go wrong went wrong. And Josh ended up in hospice care. And Josh ended up um, in a hospice house. And we were told that he had about two days Maybe, maybe a week that it, but he probably wouldn't even be conscious and bring people um, whoever needs to say goodbye to Josh to come now. But Josh,, um, my dear friends, um, almost seven years later, our Joshua is still in hospice care, and our Joshua is still with us. Every single day is the gift. Many days are still very hard. But Josh is on a mission to pass out 100,000 red diamonds before he dies. And the truth is, is we think we're over 700,000 because people are helping us all over the world. But Joshua, when he gives someone a diamond, he says, it's red because love makes a difference. And it's a diamond because God does amazing things under heat Mm. and pressure Mm. And those diamonds, they're they're all over our house. We find them in our pockets and on the floor in our car. But God does do amazing things under the heat and pressure of our lives with these precious kids that He has given us the miraculous job of loving, of raising. Um, I have grown more because of my kids than anything else, and. Um, anyway so in those hard times um may we remember that uh, god does amazing things under heat yeah
1: and that's a beautiful analogy and a a beautiful thing that he has reached out to touch so many lives and i know there have been days mine is in my purse and there have been days (laughs) that I've been digging through my purse for something. It's been a hard day. And I have bumped into that and pulled it out. And like, I'll forget it's there. And then that day, you know, there it is. And I'm like, oh yeah, God is using this hard stuff that I'm going through to create something beautiful.
2: And that pressure has a purpose. Yeah. yeah. I just, I just want to thank you. You too for your vision and your passion. Um, yes, I just cheer you on because so many of us, the people in our lives, really they don't get it. They don't understand the world. Yeah, doesn't. And um, to create community and connection that people don't, yeah, are able to know they're not alone and there's yeah. there's people and resources. So I thank God for you and I pray for you and I pray for the families um, who are impacted and the children um, who are positioned to thrive because they have mom and dads who aren't going at it alone. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, thank you. I appreciate those
1: kind words.
0: Thank you so much for this time that we've had together. It's just been a beautiful time. I know it's encouraged me, warmed my heart and I just, yeah, it challenged me. And, um,
1: it was so rich there's so much in there that we can take and apply in simple ways to our daily lives that will make a world of difference
0: so I want to just encourage Mm -hmm. our listeners to go to our website the show notes if you're not already there click on Brenda's uh, website run hard rest well and uh, yeah check it out there's all kinds of great resources there even just a simple tool to help you assess whether where you're at where you're at in this if you if even if you need more rest and um i don't think actually i don't think most of us need that tool i think we all can say yes i need i need this i need more of this in my life so check it out thanks again brenda for coming on on the podcast today yeah it's been it's been a wonderful conversation sarah and
2: jonathan blessings you guys have a great day Thank you.